Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Future of BizTech. I'm your host, JC Granger. I have the pleasure of having with me Jerry Abiog, who is the co-founder and CMO of Standard Insights. Jerry, thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself and the company. Yeah, JC. Hey, thanks for having me on and giving me the opportunity to tell my story. So for your listeners out there, my name is Jerry Abiog, and I am one of four co-founders of Standard Insights. And how I got here or how I arrived to this moment was I've got 25 years of sales and marketing experience. And roughly 10 years ago, I left the corporate world. And at that time, I went out on my own and started my own consultancy, helping software companies with sales and marketing initiatives. And along the way, I've had some great clients that have had successful exits and then not so great clients who are bust. And as they say in life, you learn from failure. And one of those clients, one of my big failures was I was working for a startup, helping them with sales and marketing. It was, an, it was my first experience with an AI and machine learning startup. And like I mentioned before, it was an other bust. But what I learned, two key lessons I learned back then is number one, doesn't matter what software you have, or you could have the best software on the planet. It has to be easy to use and solve your potential customer's business problem. And number two, there was something bubbling beneath the surface with regards to AI-driven applications. So much so, there was a study put out by Grandview Research a few years ago that the AI and machine learning industry is predicted to grow to roughly $500 billion in five years. So during this time, as my client was imploding, I was wondering you know, what to do next. And then through serendipitous events, through uh, mutual friends, I met my future co-founder. He was visiting from Chennai, India, visiting Atlanta. He used to live here in Atlanta. And he pitched me this idea that he had, this prototype he, he had of this AI software that could help businesses drive repeat buyers. And mind you, this gentleman's experience was heavy-handed. He used to work here in Atlanta as a technological architect for uh, General Electric. And knowing what I learned from my past failure, I liked the guy. We, we got along well and thought his idea had enough merit to take it to the next step. So I took his idea, flew from Atlanta to Denver to the outdoor retail show. When I returned back to Atlanta a week later, had secured two beta clients. So that was how uh, Standard Insights was born. And knock on wood, we're, we're off to the races. That's awesome. Well, so tell the audience a little bit about what are like the main one or two problems and pain points that you guys solve and for which is there any specific industry that it helps more than others things like that so uh, number one what do we solve we help businesses drive repeat buyers using artificial intelligence and number two that's a great one-liner by the way i love yeah. that repeat buyers <laughs> using artificial it says intelligence. so on the, uh, you yeah. know on the business card <laughs> and number two it's industry agnostic so as long as you have data we can help you. Now, we started off in the e-commerce realm because it was the easiest to get our foot in the door. A lot of data there. A lot of, a data. Lot of data there. And e-commerce companies were the early adopters of AI. But now, as we've seen because of what's happening with COVID and the idea of digital transformation, now the concept's really taking off. I imagine a lot of SaaS companies would be big for you too because they have, you know, like software companies because they have a lot of data coming in and out from customers. Yeah, else. yeah, absolutely. But, you know, what we're seeing a lot now with everything that's going out there or that need help 
or the restaurants and uh, brick and mortar stores. Well, well let me ask and a question. What about financial or like regulated industries like legal or financial? Do you, because I've always been curious where, where AI maybe overlaps or conflicts with a regulated industry. What kind of experience do you have in that? I'm, that's just for me, curious. Yeah, so funny you say that. So one of our other co-founders, he was talking to potential maybe channel partner of ours that um, has worked in the financial industry. So I'll let you know. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, 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 the idea is there. They've got customers. They've got, they've got yeah. data that needs to be segmented. But you're right. There's a whole nother level of regulations yeah. that you have to abide by. So yeah. Yeah, I'll shoot you an email once I Yeah, out. I really am curious <laughs> because we've had some clients from those industries, you know, and they're, they're more challenging than others because of the regulations. It's, you have to jump through so many hoops. I mean, I remember we had one financial client we did really well for, but I mean, the process of even just getting, let's say, an article submitted for them yeah. was insane. They had to go with a whole regulator who had to read every single thing and they'd say, you can't use that word or whatnot. So it was just frustrating. And that's from a human standpoint where we can easily right. quickly change it. When you have AI, there's a little more automation there. And there's a lot, it's, it's a scalable mm-hmm. either solution or problem, right? So I always just thought that was interesting to see how AI and finance or legal kind of came into that. Yeah. Now, I don't know, just because with this whole COVID thing, and if you take finance out of it, just other verticals, this AI and digital transformation, it was part of their process, but it was going to be three to four years out. Mm-hmm. But because of COVID, it helped shrink that down. So now we can't do this stuff way, way out. I mean, this is something we've got to consider now. So sure. I don't know if the financial industry, maybe the legal industry, maybe have a, an aha moment. Like, hey, I understand we were in this box before, mm-hmm. but because of COVID and because our customers expect something different that we've got to act now, 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 yeah. or maybe lose them yeah. to other folks. So yeah. it sounds like really your, your biggest market so far, I mean, you got the e-commerce side, a lot of data, the retail and restaurants, obviously because of the traffic flow of, of people. So there was something yeah. else on your site that I saw, iOrder.menu. What, what was that about? I wanted to ask about that. Yeah. So I mentioned before we started off in the e-commerce realm uh, uh, nearly three years ago. So this is just 2021. So back in 2019, McDonald's had purchased one of our competitors mm-hmm. and it was an AI, it was a company similar to ours using artificial intelligence to help drive growth. So it was 2019, summer 2019, we thought to ourselves, hey, this could be a good idea to delve into restaurant hospitality verticals. So number one, you know, our competitors got bought by McDonald's a big, big dollars, right? That's number one. And number two, one of our other co-founders in Fort Myers, Florida actually owns a restaurant. So we developed a prototype. The other co-founder, tech co-founders developed a prototype in 2019, but it it just kind of bombed. It it failed. So we went to other verticals. We put it in the garage. But then COVID hits the whole planet early. Gosh, we're coming up a year now. Early 2020, we pulled out of the garage because we saw that, hey, everything was going you know, curbside online, more so than it was, you know, prior to COVID. So at that time, this was uh, March, April last year, we decided to spin it off and call it its own product, if you will, iOrder.menu to mm-hmm. give that action oriented feel to it. And how so has that been doing so far? I mean, it's good. Been- it was yeah. some, there was there, just like with anything, there was some bumps and bruises, but just like in anything, like even with vaccines, right? The first folks that go out to the market, okay, yeah, they're the first ones, but there's a lot of mistakes there, right? So mm-hmm. how many vaccines are out right now? I think in US there's two, so there's more coming down the pipe. They're obviously yeah. gonna be you know, being approved. But if you pull up any article 
the current digital menus are out there right now, like Uber Eats, they're taking all your data. Grubhub is getting sued because they're taking restaurant menus and putting them on their site. And without the restaurant owner knowing it, a lot of data manipulation, just similar to what's going on in the mess with Twitter and Facebook. I mean, these companies, like it or not, I mean, they got your data. I'm not going to go as far as saying stealing it, but they're using it for their benefit and not yours. And so we want to make our application, you know, data-driven, personalized recommendations. And we wanted to develop it with four key factors that help separate us from the other folks. So, yeah, so um, it was a little bit rough in the beginning, but now it's it's going gangbusters. Who would you see in a company being the individuals that are using your software? So, you know, you got your CEOs, your CMOs, your VPs, your directors, Who's actually going to be engaging with this software? What would their experience and like kind of day-to-day interaction with your software look like? Who, who is it and what would their interaction so, be? Uh, so typically we'll reach out to the, so we, we work with mid-tier companies. So typically uh, we'll get access to the CEO. And then mm-hmm. once we've embedded in there, we'll work with their head marketing person. Okay. Yeah. So you, you try to get into that CMO or VP of marketing or marketing. Yeah. The owner, the owner mode. Yeah. Right, right then and there, just go straight to the top. And yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't want to waste time. Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you another thing here too, is, you know, well, actually let me make a comment. I think it's really great that you talk a lot about the failures first. I've owned my agency for 10 years and people are like, well, how'd you get so good at marketing? I'm like, I'm not a genius. I've just stepped on every single landmine (laughs) in the field. Like I'm war torn, right? Like, like that's it. It's just, it's the pure experience of it all. And I think a lot of people forget that the only way you get to these really great ideas and really great systems and software is like what you have. The only way you get to that is because you've either gone through mistakes or mistakes happen to you. Maybe you were a victim of a mistake. You're like, I'm going to save other companies from ever going through that. So I'm going to make this new company. You know, it always comes from some sort of problem or series of issues. And then you just keep dialing in, you know, and, you know, I have the marketing brain. So I look at it like that. Even campaigns start off with our best educated guesses. And really it's the data and the experiences, the wins and the losses that are going to tell us how to navigate and get better and better. So that the end, it looks like we're geniuses. But really, <laughs> we're just, we're just, you know, we're, we're going back and forth a little bit here, you know? And Jason, you're absolutely right. You know, I'm 50 years old. I don't know a lot, but I do know that if someone comes to me and maybe pitching me an idea or whatever they may, that may be like, I've never failed in life or, or what have you. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably like, yeah, just get out of here. Yeah. That's I don't, I don't thing. trust someone who's I never trust failed. Even if they're not lying, because yeah, I yeah. can't trust how they'll react when they do fail, right? Because they won't know how to deal with it, right? Like yeah. I need to know that someone's failed a ton, and right. I, you know, and then, and, and even then I don't mind if they fail on me as long as they have the integrity of how to make up for it, right? Mistakes right. happen, you know, not every idea that you have is going to work out. But if you say, listen, I'm not going to give up until we get it right, right. Then, then I'm okay. You know, as a customer, yeah, absolutely. I feel better. Yeah. Are you struggling to generate warm leads fast for your B2B tech company? Do you wish you could hand off the entire process to a team of professionals and have leads flowing in daily to fill your pipeline and convert to big ROI sales? Well, at Infinity Marketing Group, that is exactly what we do. We are lead generation masters who specialize in the B2B tech industry. So whether you're in hardware, software, or even tech services, we here at Infinity Marketing Group can turn your company into a lead generation machine. So for more information, visit our website at www.infinitym, 
infinitymgroup.com. Email us at info at infinitymgroup.com or give us a call at 303-834-7344. We look forward to helping you realize your revenue goals. So real quick here, I do have a question though. You have four co-founders. So I mean, what's that like? I, I feel like it's like a boarding school of CEOs. Like you're all like, how, how does like, how do you guys get along well with four people and how, how has that been? And I'm asking you this because, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast are people in business like you, and I'm sure some of them have had or are considering having other partners. So how did you get to four? And then how has that worked out? Yeah. So it's basically open, honest communication. So it started with two, the, um, the guy who used to live here in Atlanta, right? So as we got momentum, we, we met another person in, in Florida, because I'm here in Atlanta, who had experience with real life experience with dealing with uh, negotiations with, you know, uh, venture capitalists. And this gentleman is actually an angel investor for Standard Cognition. So mm-hmm. the plan of name, Standard Cognition, Standard Insights, their logo is capital S, small letter C, ours is capital S, small letter I. And he's an angel investor for that company. And if you Google that company, they're um, like they're one of the projected unicorns. I think their valuation is, you know, 500 million on wow. up. So they're doing the artificial intelligence with the overhead cameras. So you go into the store and leave without paying because it records what you're doing. And what oh, like purchase. those Amazon stores that they're talking so, about. So, but uh, just oh, just cool. like with Amazon, yeah. again, we do personalized recommendations like Amazon, but Amazon. You know, people are angry with them right now. They're a monopoly or, you know, whatever they're called right now. But again, they have the, the, your data, right? You don't get sure. to own it. You don't get to use it. You don't get to use it for yeah. your benefit. But you guys would create this for like a supermarket. And yeah, for supermarket. And, and, you, and then, yeah, every, you control your data. So yeah. that was the other guy. And then to round out, so we're more in the business end here on in the U.S., right? All sales and marketing and negotiations are done here. But on the tech side, I mentioned the gentleman that used to work for General Electric, he used to live here. And then we rounded out the team with the uh, last co-founder has a master's in computer science, and he went to what amounts to the MIT of India. Okay. So you got the tech side, you know, background statistics, work for a Fortune 50 company in General Electric, and another guy with a master's in computer science from the MIT of India. And then myself, I've worked for you know another startup, and then the other uh, fourth co-founder, who's got experience as an angel investor for a high-value startup in artificial intelligence. But honestly, it's just we all have our different personalities, but it's just you know working together towards a common goal and an open and honest communication. I'm glad you guys are making it work. You know, I, I know some haven't, right? Like that doesn't always go that way. So it's good you guys have that going. I am curious though. So, you know, I've had a couple of different AI companies on the podcast before and I've worked with AI companies. Where do you see your industry going in five years? You know, I mean, with the exponential curve of advancement that it's on, you know, this podcast being the future of biz tech, tell me what you see as the future of your biz tech and not your company. I mean, just, but the industry in general. Well, so I mentioned before, Grandview Research, $500 billion in four, five, six years. I think COVID helped accelerate that. So if you Google AI or just digital transformation, all these articles from people smarter than me, McKinsey, you know, Deloitte, and that's what they talk about, digital transformation. And that, so what's the meaning of digital transformation? So it's using digital technologies to fundamentally change, number one, the way your business operates, and number two, 
how it provides value to your customer. So it involves basically thinking outside the box, getting uncomfortable. And our favorite thing is possibly learning from failure because it's not going to be perfect. So, But I think there's going to be tremendous, tremendous growth with regards to artificial intelligence and the idea behind digital transformation. Well, and, what about the integration of these like checkout systems that like you're saying how you can use this for like those cameras where you can check out without having to do anything like where do you see like how fast do you think that'll come? I mean, right now there's like little spot locations in a couple of cities here and yeah. there. But like, when do you see like a full integration of Man, I think it's going to be yeah, accelerated like in a snap of a finger. So they say that Take, for my example, with digital transformation in the restaurant industry, all this stuff, it was a cool to have maybe three, four or five years out. But now in order to survive, you've got to do it today, even mm-hmm. if COVID ended today. But people have gotten used to curbside pickup, doing things on their phone. That stuff is not That's going away. I mean, look at what we're recording on Zoom. I mean, who really knew Zoom, you know, last last year, right? You know, 10 years ago when I was in the corporate world, when we would do something like this, it was a big, giant, elaborate setup. Now yeah. I'm doing this on my phone, Yeah. right? So, or even renting movies, it was blockbuster. Now everyone's, it's all digital, right? You got Netflix, you've got Hulu and a bunch of other companies doing that. I think it's just, it's going to accelerate definitely. And COVID helped out with that. Where do you see your As bad company? as COVID's been. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you see your company in five years? So again, you know, I like to be able to give the audience a couple of teasers about what maybe is coming down the pipeline for you guys specifically. What are you guys working on right now that, that people can look forward to in the next, you know, six months to a year? So we always try to expand our, our technology base and we want to make things sticky. So if you're a customer of ours, we want to make it so hard that you can't leave us basically, right? So we're a tech stack upon tech stack upon a tech stack, like a multi, instead of a, Hey, you got one tool, like a hammer screwdriver, it's going to be a multi-purpose pocket tool. Mm-hmm. Or if you're just not a boxer, you're an MMA fighter that knows, you know, boxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, hemp lift. So we want to be that well-rounded, you know, tech company that once you're our client, you're not going to want to leave. And we do what, things. What are, what are a few of yeah. those, those specific features though, that maybe you don't have out right now that you're working on? Oh, that's kind of, secret, but, but whatever <laughs> we do with regards to software, right? I could, you're a CEO and, and I pitch you and I do the song and dance and, you know, you're mesmerized and sign on the dotted line for a check. But if you don't log in or your staff doesn't log in, you're not going to renew. So how do we uh, combat that? Well, we're there every step of the way. We offer managed services to help you with, okay. you know, with the software. So there's, it's right. not just software. You actually have people who will be good account managers and actually help walk people through it and hold their hand, so to yeah. speak. So okay, it's not that's like good. Hey, JC, here's your login. Bye. Thanks for a check. Yeah. You know, and then when it comes time to renew, hey, JC, hey, your renewals up. And you go, well, I never logged in. No. Yeah, you put a good presentation together, but you never yeah. logged in or never used the software. So no, we that's, want that's to make good. It I like to hear sure. that. Yeah. There's a customer service side then uh, beyond just here's the software. And, what, and again, you know, repeat right. customers using AI. I mean, that's the one-liner, right? So, I mean, if a prospect is listening, you know, if you're having an issue with repeat business, then obviously something like Standard Insights would be something to be able to go check out. So one thing that we're doing, I'll share with you, is we're integrating our platform into a a store's point of sale system, right? So you know what a point of sale system is. So ours will be there. It'll be on the point of sale desktop. 
and once it's there and once you get your worker and you're getting used and you're seeing our AI driven recommendations in, in that screen, once that's set up, they're not going to want to leave because once those recommend, yeah. yeah, so we want to make it sticky uh, yeah. as they say in the industry that you're, you're not going to want to leave. Well, you know, it always costs less money and takes less time to get a repeat customer than it does to go get a new right. customer. So there, there's a huge benefit. From yeah. I think point there too. Yeah. Bain put out a study that said a 5% increase in a repeat business can generate, you know, north of 25%, 25 mm-hmm. to 90% in profitability. So yeah. Cause you're right. It caught. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would be the best piece of advice, even just business-wise or generically that you've ever had that you can give the audience? Like just that one golden nugget. If you could give everyone here one piece of advice, what would it be? Well, you know what Winston Churchill said, right? Never let a good crisis go to waste. So COVID, yeah, I know it sucks for a lot of people, not only here, but you know, around the globe. But to take it a step further, learn to be uncomfortable, right? Because that's the only way you grow. And whether it's at work or, you know, what you're doing in your career, but also outside of work, do stuff that makes you uncomfortable. Like if you've never, if you want to lose weight, you've never run, you know, maybe walk around the block or just get up and and do a 5k, anything that challenges yourself, right? Maybe instead of, you know, spending all your time with what's going on nowadays, fighting with people on social media, right? That's that's, that's not going to help anyone out, right? So Yeah. yeah, just, you know, be open to, yeah, improving yourself on a daily basis. And how do you improve yourself as being uncomfortable and challenging yourself? Well, that's awesome advice. I appreciate it. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to tell the audience before we go? No, that's, you know, that's about it. If they want to, you know, get a hold of me, they can find me on LinkedIn, Jerry Abiog Standard Insights. They can go to our website, standardinsights.io or or shoot me an email, jerry at standardinsights.io and be happy to chat. That's awesome. Well, listen, Jerry, thank you so much for being on the show. Love your software, love the company, and really like you as a person too, especially with your thoughts and advice. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks, JC. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Future of BizTech. I hope you got great value out of our discussion today. If so, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate it five stars. This helps the podcast jump in the ratings to help other techies like you and I find it too. And remember, if you own or work for a B2B tech company and you're looking for highly targeted, hot leads delivered to your inbox daily, my agency, Infinity Marketing Group, can help. We've been in business since 2010 and have helped hundreds of companies just like yours make millions of dollars in marketing and lead gen ROI. So be sure to visit our website at www.infinitym, as in marketing, group.com. That's infinitymgroup.com. Or you can email us at info at infinitymgroup.com. Or you can call us at 303-834-7344. We look forward to talking with you. And I look forward to you listening to my next episode of The Future of BizTech.